Welcome to the Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. Uh, with me today are two parents, uh, Alan Frazier and Nicola Van Kallenberg, and they are parents of transgender students in Frederick County Public Schools. And I've invited them today onto the podcast to talk about uh, the school board's new policy, uh, 443, which uh, gives protections to transgender students so that they can use the uh, facilities that correspond with their gender identity. These are protections that were put in place during the Obama administration and have then been repealed during the Trump administration, but Policy 443 um, continues those policies that were put in place uh, at, at our local level anyway. So, uh, Nicola and Alan, I want to thank both of you for uh, coming on today and talking about uh, some of these issues. And I thought that as parents, uh, it would be good to get your perspective uh, about, you know, this policy and really just, you know, transgender issues for our, our students in Frederick County Public Schools. So thanks for, uh, for being here. Thank you very much for inviting us. Um, policy 443 uh, was not actually as long in the making as we thought it would be. Um, we began this process in, uh, I think the first rally was held March the 8th of earlier on this year. And that, like you said, that was done uh, as a result of the Trump administration rescinding the guidelines that had been issued the previous May uh, to all public schools in the U.S., which basically gave a very good outline of how public schools could best um, use Title IX, old Title IX, um, to support and affirm their transgender students. When the Obama, when the Trump administration rescinded those. In, at the end of February, we knew as a group of parents and trans students that uh, this that the fight would have to be fought on a local level, right? So that's when we began this process. It was a very interesting process, but I think we all learned a lot um, about how democracy works on a local level. Our children felt empowered by this. It was great to see so many students come out and participate in the democratic process. And I know as a parent myself, I was very, very um, overwhelmed in a very good way uh, with the outpouring of support from the Frederick community for our children. So yes, I, I agree. The uh, 443 policy, um, so I guess I could back up for a minute. I'm a new transgender parent um, and, and that, or a parent of a transgender, I must say. So. Um, my child came out in October, so from October to March, we were trying to, at home, uh, establish, you know, what did that mean exactly as being a parent and, and then um, having the relationship with our child to support our child and, and fill the needs for our child. And so there was um, some uncertainty and some fear on, on my behalf from just that experience starting. And then when the Trump administration came in and, and rescinded that, guidelines, those guidelines that um, just compounded things. Um, so like Nicola, I was very uh, overwhelmed by the support of that rally on March 8th um, at the school board and that so many people took this seriously and, and felt that there was a strong need to protect the transgender community in the schools. So um, it was a, a good process, a good learning process. I know that 
Um, me personally, I'll be very more careful at the ballot box when I when I vote for my local officials. Um, I think the the outpouring of support will always be. I'll always be grateful for that. Um, and so that was that was good for me and and for my family. So one of the other topics that comes up a lot in discussions on uh, transgender students and everything is uh, is the issue of safety and the those that are in opposition to policies like 443 uh, one of the arguments that that I heard when I was attending those board of ed meetings or when I read some of the letters to the editor in the Frederick News Post is that those that are in opposition talk about um, safety of, of their, uh, their kids uh, as cisgender uh, students. And, you know, I think they worry that going to, they, they worry about going to the bathroom, like their kid going to the bathroom with a transgender student. They worry about uh, sports, you know, um, if you're a, a transgender female uh, playing, uh, say, like on the girls' soccer team, and, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you respond? Because I, I, my impression is they don't really have a full understanding of the science. And, and I remember seeing Cindy Rose's post a, a, a while ago about, you know, how the, this lawsuit that's, that's now come about, you know, against Policy 443, uh, she claimed that it was, you know, they're, that they're using science, but it doesn't seem to be that way. So anyway, uh, how, how do you respond to this, this issue that they're concerned with on safety? First of all... Um I would like to clarify that there has actually been an informal policy in place. Um, it was adopted about seven years ago by Frederick County Public Schools, which um, following the some guidance of um, the Maryland State Department of Education, which um, allowed students already to use their facilities uh, you know, of the gender that they identify with, also play on the sports team. So that was already in place. We moved to Frederick County about four years ago, and my son, when James, he attended TJ Middle School, he, uh, exactly the same rules that are in policy 443 right now um, applied to him from, from day one, right? We, we met with the building administration, we met with downtown, we identified him as transgender, and we asked if he could use the bathroom. It was no problem at all. So first of all, you know, <laughs> I am not aware in of any incidents during those seven years where safety was a concern, where where a transgender student was accused of either, and I'm going to say the G word, showing their genitals, um, or any inappropriate behavior. I won't comment, or we won't comment, on the lawsuit specifically, um, for obvious reasons, but um, there are some allegations, um, of course, to do with safety that, don't those those are not matched by real world experiences, right? Those there are very few nationally of trans adults, trans children ever being caught doing anything untowards in a bathroom. In fact, research shows exactly the opposite. Some of the most vulnerable um, children and adults are trans trans people who use the facilities, right? For example, um, my son James. Um, if he needs to pee in public, he 
he will take his younger brother to the bathroom because there are many, many documented cases of assaults on trans people, uh, particularly uh, trans women. So um, a trans woman is someone who was assigned male at birth and then um, transitions, you know, um, to present as as a woman. Um, so a lot of a lot of those concerns can actually just come down, in my opinion, to fear mongering. And it's easy, it's easy to appeal to a parent, right? Um, in terms of like, oh, my ki- your kid's not going to be safe at school. So a lot of the rhetoric around policy 443 during the policymaking process and around this lawsuit is to appeal to this basic, you know, our parents want to protect their kids. The facts are actually the opposite, I guess I would say, that our children are the most vulnerable. There are many, many documented assaults on transgender school kids um, every day, right? So our children are the most vulnerable here. So I, I completely agree with that. I think as far as far uh, as far as my child, and, and we've made these statements, I guess, to, to family and friends, people that are close within our circles, um, that what business of it is somebody else else to worry about what genitals my child has right don't don't look at my child if you have a problem with that I, I don't understand that whole concept I think some of the the rhetoric or the talk from the opposition to this is that um, they, they just don't have the facts they don't understand it and it's and I, I hate saying ignorant but I, I think it is it's ignorance um, and me myself, I had some ignorance too. Hey, I, I've said this recently that, you know, I, I thought I was a very progressive, liberal, all accepting person. Um, wake up with a trans- transgender child, and and it all of a sudden it changes dramatically. Now, my protection mode comes in. My my support uh, is my child going to be okay? Is my child going to be one of those? 40% of suicide attempts that transgender do, right? So it's a whole new set of problems, right? If not problems, but concerns. Um, and so th- th- as far as the sports go, uh, how many transgender female are in the Olympics or are on the NBA teams or, 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 or uh, it doesn't, it doesn't really compute. It doesn't, I don't understand it. And I heard that in the opposition as well. And I've heard that on streets and I read it in the, in the papers and editorials that it's an unfair advantage for these children. God bless you if your child is athletically inclined and, and support them. And, but it shouldn't be a race against another person's child. It should be their individual accomplishments that are, that are based on the merits of that, right? It shouldn't really be for for me it shouldn't really be hey my 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 transgender child was was assigned female male at birth and and now they they're you know they identify as female um again that's a personal decision that's a personal that's that's personal it's not it's not you know opening to to everyone i think i i mean for me when and and of course i'm coming from this from a perspective of somebody that does not have a transgender family member but you know for me when i think about sports in high school and i used to be a high school soccer coach it seems to me like i'm i'm much more concerned about the injuries from things like football just in general you know not 
who's playing it, but just playing the game. I mean, the the, the brain injuries and so forth. Uh, from that, I think, uh, well, you know, I think that's a larger concern. But um, quickly here, though, I wanted to ask, you know, given all that information, uh, do you overall, though, and of course, you know, every parent has concerns for their kids. Every parent uh, worries about their kid's safety. And given all of, I guess, these, you know, the, the quote unquote normal concerns that a parent has, you know, maybe like um, alcohol or drugs or, you know, bullying and so forth uh, that are just, you know, the, the things that kind of happen in schools, unfortunately. But overall, given this, that, that there's like another layer that you have to concern yourself with, do you feel overall that your kids are safe in Frederick County Public Schools? So I think, yes. So, so But my child goes out of district um, because the, the high school that I'm in district with, I, I wouldn't feel that way. And my child doesn't feel that way. My child does not feel safe in that school. And so we choose to, to drive our child to a different school out of district um, with the approval from, from the county um, to attend that high school. So um, I, I feel like my child is safe and, and has protections. And, and so we talk about protections. I have an older child that's a cisgender female, um, and, and she was bullied in high school. Um, and there's protections for that. And so we as parents went in and, and we invoked them to, to, to use those protections. When these guidelines were taken away um, for our child from, what, from protections of transgender, that's why we wanted to step in to make sure that the Board of Education put this into place so that if my child was threatened or, God forbid, assaulted or something even more harsh than that, that we would have protections in place for a child. And, and so it is important. I, I encourage every parent um, to get involved with their children, no matter what the gender or, or what the circumstance. And, you know, we, we know if it, there's there's obese kids that get picked on. There's the kids that, that maybe aren't as smart as the other kids. There's the kids that are more athletic than the other kids. There's always picking and there's always bullying and so forth. But I strongly encourage that every parent support their child and that they be there at the school and talk to the to the administration and the teachers to have that open dialogue and communication so that their child is supported and protected. And that's all I want for either one of my my children, my cisgender and my transgender. That's all I'm asking for. Nothing special, nothing over the top for the transgender. Just equal, just equal. Completely agree uh, with Alan. I think. Our children are more vulnerable, and that has been documented. The CDC um, uh, holds a youth risk behavior survey every, every couple of years, and the statistics for Frederick County for LGB, there was no way actually of measuring uh, transgender students as individual, but a lot of those transgender students did, did identify as LGB on that survey. The bullying, the risk behaviors or smoking, even getting in a car without a seatbelt, things like that. Across the board, behaviors, um, risk, risky behaviors for LGB youth were considerably higher than for the heterosexual cisgender from peers. Um, every day my son goes into school, I, I do worry, right? Every parent, like you said, every parent does worry. The policy does, it provides that back that backbone, right? I feel a lot 
more relaxed that when the policy was passed because the policy was passed because it it allows children like Max and James to be themselves at school right be their authentic selves so it a great part of that policy um so it's not just about bathroom or sports it also uh talks about professional development for everybody who comes into contact with children so down to the you know the cafeteria people the custodians the bus drivers the teachers will be provided professional development which is not you know sit in a room and be told that they have to use the correct pronouns or they'll, they'll get into trouble but there's real comprehensive discussion about what does gender mean it's it's very um far-reaching right and so the goal one of our hopes was to start changing the climate and the culture for transgender students it's going to be a slow process right we don't typically talk about gender in schools we I don't know you teach high school Uh, I know a lot of elementary teachers have since we've been talking about this about gender we've been having this discussion have said to me I'm no longer gonna say to my kids boys line up there girls line up there you know so it's it's a conversation that we will keep having, right? And it's a process. And it's not, our children will always be more at risk than uh, their cisgender peers. But the policy at least gives us as parents and the student a, like a way to address address that that, that wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise exist, right? It's not accessible. Title IX is still in place. That has not changed the... After the Trump administration rescinded the guidelines, Title IX wasn't itself rescinded, just the guidelines, in order, though, for parents like Alan and myself to make sure that our children's rights are guaranteed at school, we would have to file, you know, an out-of-pocket, we would have to file a lawsuit, right? Policy 443 makes that, makes it accessible for us, right? So it's easier to enforce that every day that we don't have to when our children are not fighting for their rights on a federal level. Well, they they weren't until the lawsuit um, was filed this week. But does that does that make sense? Yeah, I, I that does make sense to me. And and you know, I I'll speak as a veteran teacher in that um, I think professional development for me on this topic would be useful. Um, I would benefit from it because, you know, I, I attended those, those board of ed meetings and I learned so much in those more than I have in 10 years of teaching. I, I learned, uh, about transgender students and their, uh, the issues that they're facing in school on a daily basis by, by attending those meetings. So I personally think it would be useful to me. Um, but given that, you know, uh, last question I'd, I'd like to ask then is, you know, for those of us like myself, a uh, classroom teacher, but also for school administrators, elected officials, not just, you know, Board of Ed elected officials, but other elected officials, um, what advice would you or do you have for them on how to make our classrooms a better learning environment for all students, including those that identify as, as transgender. So, you know, a few weeks ago, there was a politician in, in Northern Virginia that spoke out against the, um, I saw it on the news, and he spoke out against the um, statements that 
that President Trump made in relationship to transgender in the military and the cost of that. And he was speaking about how much cost it was incurred and, and how much money is wasted. And, you know, as, as me and my wife were doing our research and digging in, um, we find that um, only the costs that, that, are, that are paid towards trans, transitioning or transitions with transgender in the military is about 5% of the total cost of Viagra cost in the military. So the cisgender male is taken care of and there's no issues with, with a lot more cost, but um, you know th- there's this big focus on the transgender. So immediately that angers me personally. It frustrates me and angers me. Um, but I think what happens with that is that we, um, I have to take that anger away and then, and then say, what is that? What is, and it's ignorance. It's, it's not knowing. It's not, it's not understanding the situation. So think and know before you, you act, I guess, is, is the lesson. And, and I've had to teach that lesson to myself and have others teach me that my whole entire life. You know, before you speak out on something, know what you're talking about. Understand it. And the best way to do that is to listen. And that's what I've learned more than anything else through being a parent, a new parent of, of going through um, uh, living with my transgender child, is to listen to my child's needs, to listen to what they really feel. Is it okay for me to ask this? Is it okay for others to, to ask this of you? Tell me how it goes. You know, teach me. Um, children are the greatest teachers in the world, I think. Um, and and I, I think as long as if politicians can adhere to that and take the time, um, and they have in this community, we, we did, I did have a, a candidate reach out to my wife and I and asked if he could speak to our child because he wanted to understand more. I think that's awesome. Um, and so that's what I would, I would want is, is just listen and, and educate. There was some, some, so many comments in the opposition. It, it actually made them look foolish. And, and their responses because they they just don't know that my my child is a crossdresser he, he he's 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 a he's a guy that here's he's a girl that wants to be a guy it's it, it's come on give me a break you know it's it, that's ridiculous um, and I also didn't see the children there either I didn't see the children speaking out I'd like to hear the opposition of the children because they weren't there it was all parents there was no children I, I would that's who I want to listen to also because I have parents telling me how their children feel. I'd like to hear the children's <laughs> point of view. That would be interesting to me. And I, I want to listen to that. I think you're right. Like, uh, there is bullying in school. But I, overall, the opposition. So there are, obviously there are some kids. My, my son has been bullied. I know last year on a number of occasions, um, he would go into a, a class at school <laughs> and they would be things like there were only two genders written on the whiteboard and things that were very and obviously anti-trans um, but it, overall we see that the younger population are more comfortable with this idea of what gender is they understand that more I think something like 20 uh, percent I believe there was a recently a survey there were two surveys done one actually said that um, in Min- Minnesota I think it was it was some Midwest state that Almost 50% of the youth that were interviewed identified as queer. And when they were asked to explain that, they said that they they 
were either transgender or gender nonconforming or and then there was another survey that said that at least 20% of youth under 18 identify um, as queer. So we're seeing like that this is very generational, right? Unfortunately, a lot of our teachers are, <laughs> they're, they're older. So um, I work with teachers every day and I'm really always consistently impressed at their willingness once once somebody meets a transgender person, right, there's a lot of scare stories in the media. And if you know a transgender person, then chances are you're, you become more open, right, and you're more welcoming. And a lot of your fears will go away because my son ne- ne- didn't change when he, when he announced to me that he was transgender. He's the same person he was as the, the kid that I mistakenly assigned uh, female at birth and it's 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 very um as parents where we call ourselves mama and papa bears right okay. like there's a very tight community of parents of trans kids we love each other dearly don't we like we have each other's back we we understand um the urgency right like alan referenced earlier the 40%, the statistics for our kids are not are not very good. So 40% of transgender individuals attempt suicide. Um, that that there are probably those figures are probably on the low side, to be honest, because a lot of people who are attempting suicide are not are not out, right? Part of their struggle is that they're not out, so they're not identified as transgender. Um, I don't know, I'm rambling on now. I guess um I guess I'm I'm very impressed with the teachers that I know that have consistently they don't know the answers right you don't have to be an expert on transgender issues I certainly wasn't I've learned a lot myself in these last 5 years I've I've learned more about what it what gender means than I'd ever thought about in my whole life and what I what I came to the conclusion was it really doesn't matter what anybody has in their pants it's it's who they are inside right and just the most important thing that a, a trans person needs is the feeling of safety and security that they can be their authentic self around you. And that's what a lot of this comes down to, right? Policy 443 gives students the right to be their authentic self at school. For the first time, they can call themselves transgender and they can have some some pride in that, which that and that's what it's all about, right? With Max... Just to see the look on his face when he passes in a restaurant and that the waiter or waitress says, what can I get for you, son? Or what can I get you for you, sir? It's, it, and just to see his eyes light up um, to say, hey, they identified me correctly. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it's something special. I do have to say that I, I got t- confused with my words with the statistics I said about the military. So it's not 5%. It's the military spends five times the amount on Viagra than they do on trans- transitioning surgeries or any kind of cosmetics. Ten, per- ten times more in erectile dysfunction, period. Um, and then I, I would also say that, and I found this alarming because I'm still learning as I go. A few weeks back or maybe a month ago, I learned that there's, there's about 1.5 million transgender folks in this country out of 300 that's five percent of our population 
1.5 million, forget the, the percentage, 1.5 million is a lot of people. They're not going away. Um, they, they need protections and, and, and they, need equal, they need consistent equal rights just like everyone else does. And, and so that's my mission is, is to help with that. Not only to be the best parent I can be, that's my number one goal, to support my child, protect my child, but then to advocate, to be an ally and advocate for the transgender community because they don't have enough of it. And, you know, I think one of the things since we're talking about statistics, you know, and, and, and I think maybe in a lot of ways, like I, as a cisgender male, feel uh, a sense of, of pride in this, in that I think we are much better understanding what gender, uh, sexuality, uh, orientation, uh, all those things, we, we are better understanding those things today than we have in the past. And that, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, I guess, you know, one of the things that frustrates me, and I know we are, we're like way above our time here, but um, one of the things that really frustrates me, and I'll let you comment on this if you want, uh, is when I hear uh, that people who are transgender are suffering from a mental illness. We saw at Hood, the Hood College, Republicans had posted a, a display board um, in which they, they made that, that assertion, um, which they sort of backtracked uh, by saying, well, these aren't necessarily things we agree with, but they're ideas that, that are out there. But they certainly seem to endorse it in that. But, you know, and when, when you look at uh, the definition of a mental illness, when you go to Merriam-Webster and look at mental illness, it's something that impairs somebody, and I don't see that. I see uh, kids like James, and, and and I see someone who who just has incredible abilities and who has been a fantastic organizer and advocate not only for himself but but other students like him. And and you know and and I think going to to Alan, what you were saying, it's it's absolute ignorance on the part. Of, of people when when they make these kinds of claims um, and and I think it we would all be better if we tried to learn and better understand things and that's why I said I think professional development for me as a teacher would be a good thing on this but uh, I don't know do you very quickly want to comment on that I think it is so I, I found so our, our oldest daughter had an IEP and, and I found out how much teachers didn't weren't made aware of with IEPs and the requirements of the IEPs. And so when Wendy and I, my wife and I, were very kind of prepared for this, going through that process, understanding that awareness needs to be made. We're, we're assuming the administrators are telling us, yeah, we're telling all our teachers, and yes, we're, we're, we're spreading the word, and yes, they all know and they all understand. Um, unfortunately, we don't trust that. And, but that's worked in our favor that we don't trust it. And so we find it very important at the beginning of every school year to go in and, and, and meet the teachers, to communicate with them, and, and to say, hey, here, here's what it is, and here's what, it, what it's like. And, here's, and I encourage any parent to do that with their children. It's a much better school experience. It keeps us connected with the teachers. I don't ask the teachers to raise my child in school, but I do ask the teachers to protect my child school while, I, while I'm not, right? I'll, I'll do the raising at home and the nurturing and, and all that, but I do want the, the teachers to, to protect. And I think the only way to do that is to make sure that those teachers that are around my child are made aware of, of that. Don't don't just assume. And, and that doesn't just go for transgender. That goes for my child with the IEP that's cisgender, right? So...
but um, this is a great conversation. I'm glad that I, that I had this opportunity to, to speak out a little bit. Uh, back to the issue of whether or not being transgender is uh, a mental health issue. I know that that did come up a lot in the discussions around uh, policy 443 from the opposition. My, I guess, short answer to that is I, I don't believe it is a mental disorder, but I, I believe that trans people are more vulnerable because of the way that society treats trans people. So depression rates are higher. Obviously, we've discussed uh, suicide rates under uh, trans individuals. So it, it is a fact that depression and anxiety is is quite prevalent in the transgender community. It's not it's not automatic though. If you if you are transgender, it doesn't mean that you're depressed and you're anxious all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I wanted to butt in because it's not that it's that they are transgender that is causing the the depression, depression but yeah. but the societal kind of quote unquote norms, I guess, and 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 that the the people that are in opposition and that are maybe bullying are the, maybe the source of that depression. Exactly. And I think that we saw a lot of that during the discussion around 443. Uh, I try not to go and read too much online. So, for example, when the Frederick News Post, when they had an article, it was, it was nice to see that the Frederick News Post was always very respectful and did a good job overall on reporting on this issue. But then when I would look at the comments, I would see what was just the worst hate and vitriol ever right, directed towards our children. That continued. I know it's it's I know it's going on right now actually in, in Frederick County. I have a, looked at a few people's Facebook pages and you know the comments that ha have been made about the policy and it's very interesting how people feel comfortable discussing trans bodies like that. You know, people who don't have any connection who do not even maybe know a trans person except the you know the children that they saw advocating for their rights at school but other than that they feel like they have a, a sort of ownership over trans bodies and i i know um i'm sad to say that some people in the progressive community also have asked a lot of quite inappropriate questions about uh my son's genitals and if he's going to transition medically and things like that. And uh, again, we continue educating people. So I'm not going to write someone off immediately for that. But if, if someone consistently uses slurs, like Alan mentioned, our children were called cross-dressers and all sorts of anti-transgender words were used against them during this, this process and they're currently being used online right now. I would encourage everyone to uh, read the lawsuit, actually. Um, it's, it, would, it makes very, very interesting reading. But you can kind of see some of the hate that is actually directed. And ignorance. And ignorance, yes, directed towards our children. And our children and trans people right now are often considered almost disposable, right? If you look at the right. number of trans women of color that have been murdered this year, I, it's almost an epidemic, actually, of violence against trans women, particularly trans women of color, and it, it's difficult for trans advocates to get a to, to to get that out right. Like we're we're fighting right now. 
every day there's something else to be outraged by. I, I understand it. Uh, Alan and I and Wendy, Alan's wife, we all, we do anything for our kids, right? So we feel like every day we're screaming from our lungs, like, please listen to these wonderful, wonderful individuals, transgender people who for so long have existed in the shadows, right? Or they they didn't survive because they killed themselves. Under the Obama administration, people started coming out of the shadows. There was this sense of we can be who we are and we welcome this opportunity to talk about it. And you know where to find us. So if you have any more questions, please, please, and please um, keep thinking about how you can be a good ally for transgender people right now. Uh, If you are an educator, the start of the school year is coming up. Please know that your transgender students are going to be feeling a little bit more vulnerable. Make, so check in with them. Ask them how you can help them. If you know transgender adults, it's it's also very scary for them right now. Just be mindful. Be mindful of that. And when you're asked to show up for trans people, make a, make a little bit of extra effort. So if there are any rallies or any petitions or anything going on where you can really show your um, solidarity with transgender people right now. There is no more time. Like, this is this is the time right now to show up for trans people. And thank you so much. Uh, well, Nicola and uh, Alan, I want to thank you so much for uh, for coming on onto the podcast today. And, you know, uh, we, we did, th- this is a very long podcast for what we usually do, but I think these, these issues are important and they matter. I mean, these, these are our, our, our kids that we're talking about either, uh, you know, your kids as, as parents or, you know, uh, kids that, that I deal with as a, as a teacher. Um, and, and this is, this is a very serious issue that is going to come up, uh, next year, of course, in the board of education elections, which is a nonpartisan race, but, um, I would emphasize that I think, and I think you um, might as well, that it's very important that, that we make sure that we elect people that are going to continue to support transgender uh, students as well, J- just the LGBTQ community um, and, and, and all of our students. And, I, you know, I guess in my kind of editorializing a little bit in that, you know, um, everybody deserves equality and equal rights and and the idea that that making sure that some a a group of people get those equal rights is somehow taking away from other people's rights i i think is a a ridiculous argument but i want to thank you again for being here um so for everybody listening the uh, music for this podcast was composed and performed by david fitzwater until next time frederick uh, have a great week 